Power Radio. The facts, dates, and events presented in this video are from the members' best recollection and may not be fully accurate. This video is intended for entertainment purposes only. Always consult with your local union about your rights and duties at your workplace. The opinions shared on this video are our own and do not necessarily represent my employer's positions, strategies, or opinions. All views shared are protected under the National Labor Relations Act. Nice. You are now in tune with the boss of the business, the What The Heck Show, on UnionPowerRadio.com. Hello, hello, hello there. This is the What The Heck Show here on Union Power Radio. It's 2 p.m. and I don't have a lot of listeners listening, but it is what it is because I've been out for a while. But today is uh, October 20, uh, 15, 2023, and we're going to be talking a lot about a lot of things that's been happening, and I've been off the air for a while, uh, um, and it's no excuse. But uh, I am back and I'm going to be talking to you guys about the contract and what's going on and how the company is quick to violate the contract uh, and also how it's quick for the members to to be their pets and let them violate the contract. Um, that is one of the big topics here right now because we have these uh, Article 37, Section 3 which is the 24-hour notice of a driver being OJS. Now, a lot of people got this, this article confused. So even the management have it all confused. And, you know, it's us to educate the members and the shop stewards about how to read this uh, article. Article 37, section, let me get my phone. Hold on a second. Okay, so uh, Article 37, Section 3 is when they have to give you a 24-hour notice on OJS. They don't have to give you a 24-hour notice if you get into an accident the day before or you got injured the day before. They don't have to give you a 24-hour notice. But what this company is doing now is so tricky and so fucked up, and they violate this contract to the fullest, and that's the way they do it. They... Uh, was scared to for when Sean O'Brien was going to strike or when all of the members was going to strike, and it didn't come to that point. I still think we should have went to that point because this is the reason why I think that we should have went on strike because this this they uh, as soon as they signed the contract they started violating this contract to the fullest, and it's nothing new. It's always been like that. That's why we should have held up a little bit longer 
and went on strike. That's, that's my opinion. So on this article, Article 37, Section 3, the employer will give no less than 24 hours notice to a seniority driver, meaning that he only he has to speak to the driver within the 24 hour, which is probably the first the start of the, the shift prior to any ride, except in cases of post accidents, which I was explaining to you just now and injuries. Such notification will include the reason for the ride. <laughs> They're not doing that. And the results of any ride will be reviewed with the employee and the shop steward. Now, that's another problem. That when these company fucking violates this contract, they don't have the review. And then the, the, the member doesn't ask for a review or the shop steward. You gotta get, guys, the way we hold their feet to the fire is by following if they're following they they disobeying this contract article 37 section 3 then we have to hold them to the fire and holding them to the fire is that the shop store should know every person that is on an OJS within the 24 hour period so that meaning that the company don't have to tell the shop store or the business agent about this OJS they go directly to the member now what this company is doing which is kind of fucked up it says no less than 24 hours but what they're doing is giving a week in advance by diet board they're not even going up to you they're just telling you we're going to OJS you sometime next week we don't know when but it's going to happen and that's a fucking violation they're not speaking to the driver itself and they're not telling them what's the reason for the OJS and, it's, and it's, this is what the company is doing. Every time there's a con, uh, new language out there, they have some fucking ways to fucking fuck it up. And that's and I blame labor. Labor, the ones that negotiate the fucking contract, because they go back to their operators and tell them how they want it done. And the operators follow them uh, the way they want it done. So Article 37, Section 3 is, 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 is I've been putting in grievances since this since we ratify the contract, it's already a couple, uh, maybe 20, 25 grievances. But now it's getting to the fact that the members are just not cooperating with this contract. They are letting the company do what they want to do as far as telling them less than 24 hours to tell them that they're going to be uh, OJS. Then I going back to this chop steward to tell him, hey, he told me 10 hours ago or just 15 minutes ago that I'm being OJS today. So they're going along, getting along, getting along with with the with the management. So we're not getting that response back. And you know, the first thing they out of their mouth, if if it doesn't work for them, then it's a problem. The union's got to get involved. But if it's convenient for them, and the manager is telling them, "Hey, I'm just gonna ride you. Don't worry about it. Worry about it," because they're gonna use that ride against you, no matter what. If you do something later on, they're going to go back to that rye. Now, that rye, I, I don't accept any rise that is not reviewed with the member and the shop steward. I just don't pay no mind. So if anyone goes into, you know, into the, you know, the OJS and then don't have the review with the shop steward and then they come to me and say, hey, we roll him on this day. And I said, OK, let me see the review. And there's no review. I don't entertain it. I say, fuck it. I said, it didn't exist because it didn't 
get to the shop steward to review the what they call now is the method procedures right, which I never heard in the whole years that I've been a, a UPS driver. Never heard of that term, methods and procedures right. They are using that for their leverage for you know don't make it an OJS fry because he got OJS three months ago. So the company is doing that and violating the shit out of it. They violating the the part timers of six day punch. So when a part timer and you part timers out there that are listening, that any if you work five days a week, if you work Monday to Friday, your schedule is Monday to Friday, and they call you in to come in on Saturday for a six day punch. You are guaranteed eight. You're guaranteed overtime the whole time you're there on Saturday, from start to end. As long as you did the five days, then you're working your sixth day. Before you didn't get your overtime on six days, now you do. And I'm putting in grievance for that also because the company is violating that contract. Also, they are not paying the helpers on a six day punch to pay them overtime. So everyone's got to watch out for that. Okay. Um, I just came back from the unity conference meeting and it was a couple of classes that I took there, which was bylaws, the bylaws of, of your local. Everyone must know the bylaws, bylaws of your local. You have to know them because that would teach you what your offices could do and cannot do. And you have the right to look at the bylaws on the website or when you're at the union hall, they cannot deny you to see the bylaws. And some certain executive people don't want you to see the bylaws because, you know, then you have, uh, you know, something to say. So I went to a by to the bylaws and uh, it was pretty good. I learned a lot. And these these classes that they give at the Teamsters Unity Conference are pretty, pretty much good. There's a lot of classes, but I only wanted to focus on certain classes that I needed to understand the bylaws better and to understand the policies and procedures when you're in the executive board. I'm in the executive board. I'm a business agent and I have to abide by those bylaws. And so does everyone else in that from president, vice president, secretary, treasurer, recording secretary, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They all got to buy by those bylaws. They took an oath for those bylaws. So they got to, make sure they understand those bylaws. And I had to understand it. But it's good to understand it. And the members have the right to go and read those bylaws because something might happen that you need to bring it up to an executive board, business agent, trustee, or whatever. So uh, bylaws uh, are there at the hall. They can't be restricted for you to see them. You can go to the hall. You can go online. You can get any any locals bylaws. Also, I want to say to your shop stewards that um, when I was a shop steward, I was always reading books of the to the guide to the union. And one of the good books that I kept that I think everyone or every uh, shop steward should get is Just Cause. Just Cause is. is, is a lot of pages, but there's a lot of stuff that you need to know to defend the member and just cause cases. I go into a lot of cases that, you know, it was no just cause 
So either I work it out there or, or the shop steward can work it out. If it's no just cause case, you, you can learn from this book what are just cause cases. There's another book that I read when I was a shop steward, and I'm still reading it because it's so big. It's the Union Steward Complete Guide. Complete Guide. This is, it tells you everything from harassment, from uh, insubordinate, uh, gross insubordinate. It tells you everything about a shop steward, what, she, he, what he, know, he needs to know when he's in that office. So there's a, I put up, a, before I put up a Black Fridays coming up on, it's a union holiday for Local 804. And guys got to understand what it means. <laughs> because you guys, this is the time that you guys could show the, the company. It's a union holiday. And where is it? What's going on here? It's a union holiday for the union. So you don't have to come to work that day. They uh, they want you to come to work that day. I say it's up to you to come to work that day. But it's a is is a is is called Black Friday. It's a holiday. It's right after Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving, you're off because it's a, a holiday, the 23rd. And then the 24th, it's a union holiday. Now, they're going to be nice to you on the 22nd. And I put it up on Facebook. They're going to be nice to you. They're going to buy you breakfast. They're going to buy you hot breakfast. They're going to say how good job you're doing and blah, 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 because they want you to come in on November 24th. Black Friday, which is a union holiday. Oh, they're going to say to you, oh, it's triple time. You're going to make a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. They're going to try to do everything to get you to work that day because it's your right to stay home that day as our union holiday. They give you eight hours for union holiday pay. You'll have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. That's four days to spend with your family before the holidays really, really strike and the peak season strike. So company is going to definitely... Uh, treat you nice the week before with breakfast, bagels, bananas, oranges. And then when the weekend is over on the 27th, that's when they treat you like shit again. So you got to, you, you know, they treat you like shit the whole year round. The whole year round, they harass you, they ride you, they freaking bring you in for discipline. You know, they do everything the whole year but before that week, which is November 22nd, I believe, is the start of them. It's November 20, the 20th. November 20th, that's when they start giving you nice breakfast, bagels, donuts, coffee, bananas, orange juice, apple juice. Telling them how... How you, how nice you look today. How's your family? They they care about you that week. But right after that week, that's when they start treating you like shit. Right after Black Friday. The reason they treat you so nice and they don't harass you on that week. Because, and you're going to see. If you're new to this and this is the first time, your first peak, and you're going into peak, and you're going into the first Black Friday. You're going to see how they treat you differently. They treat you so nice. They pat you on the back. They doing a great job. Can you please come in on Friday? 
Can you please come in on Friday? That's all you're going to hear from them. Can you please, can you do me a favor and come in on Friday? That's the day that you tell them, stop fucking with me before this day. That's the day you show them. It's a union holiday. You can't get in trouble not to come in. You get paid for the day. You have two, you'll have four, if you're on Monday to Friday, you'll have four consecutive days off. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The Tuesday to Saturday guys, you'll have Thursday, Friday, but then you got to come in on Saturday. And then you have Sunday, Monday off. But that's the day you show the company that stop fucking with me during the whole year. You need me for this day. And why are you fucking begging me now after you harassed me, rolled me, gave me warning letters, gave me a suspension, tried to take my job, tried to take my livelihood? That's what the company does. And you're going to see that the week on November 20th. That's when they're going to start giving you apples and bananas and a hot breakfast of your of your pick. Eggs, bacon, all that shit. You're going to eat it. Some of you are going to come into work and say, fuck it. I don't give a fuck. And some of you are just going to be so frustrated that it never comes in on a Black Friday. It is triple time, but you got to understand, it's a lot of money. It's about a hundred and something dollars an hour, eighty dollars an hour, something like that. And then the government comes in and takes half of that shit. So it is what it is. It's Black Friday. It's a union holiday for Local Eight Hundred Four. I don't know if any other supplements are like that, but it is a holiday for Local Eight Hundred Four. So. It's your choice. I'm not telling you not to come in. I'm not telling you to come in. I'm just telling you that's the day that the company, the week, the company, the company does nice to you, be nice to you. And then they, right after that holiday, they screw you over. They tell you, fuck you, you're no good no more. So that day on November 20th, remember that week. I'm going to continue saying it because Black Friday is coming up. And that's the day that we tell the company, stop fucking harassing us because we're not going to come in on Black Friday or we are going to come. I don't know. Some guys, uh, they just do it. I don't know why they come in on a day off that they could have a four day weekend, but it is what it is. What are you going to do? Anyway, I'm going to talk about the Unity Conference. I thought it was kind of funny uh, at the Unity Conference that, <laughs> that uh I was there and I went to a conference thing and let me just show you what I saw. Here it is. So <laughs> at the Unity conference, if you see that this is the director of Amazon guy, I don't know his name, uh, whatever his name was. They made, they made every, I mean, those two people up there are from Amazon that are strike in California. The, the girl, I don't know her name and the guy, I didn't know his name either, but they activists for striking in Amazon in California. But the reason I put this up because I thought it was funny. I thought I was at a Jerry Springer show and he was going to say to that guy, Hey, you're not the father of this, but I thought it was kind of funny. That's why I put it up. But anyway, <clears throat> now we're going to be talking about the safety of going in and out of the building in any building. 
So as a business agent, I get information right at when it happens. And then they want me to fix things. And that's not the way it works. You know, a union, you guys got to understand what a union is. Just because you pay union dues, it doesn't mean that I am your protector. I will fight the contract and I will fight the the enforcement on the contract, a violations of the contract. But you're the you're the only protector you have is you yourself. You protect yourself. You protect your job. The only thing I do is I make sure that the contract they're not taking your rights. They're not violating the contract and the grievances. That's what I do as a union, as a representative. That's what representatives do. We don't protect, you protect your own job. We'll fight if the company is wrong, we'll fight for you. Absolutely, 100%. But if you're wrong, that's you that takes your job. I hate to hear everyone always saying, Oh, you got to save my job. No, you got to save your own job because if you wasn't in that situation that you put yourself in, then we wouldn't be talking about the situation that yourself in. You have a you have the right for union representative as a union union dues pays member. If you're stealing phone and you're taking out a knife on a customer, that's you. I can't do anything about that. All I could do is try to fight you to keep your job because you did it wrong. The protector of your job is yourself. You got to make that choice. You got to choose, hey, am I going to steal that phone and not get caught? Hey, am I going to bring a knife to work and take it out on a customer? That's your choice. There's no one else's choice. I'm hating that, oh, you're the union. You have to protect me. Yeah. We'll protect you. I protect you. I got a good record of protecting guys. But when you're stealing a phone and you're taking and bringing in a knife and you're beating up another coworker and you're stealing, you know, you're doing stuff that you're not supposed to be doing, signing for packages, padding routes, they don't teach you that. Those are the things that you do to try to make it easier for you for the day. And it winds up coming back at you. So the protector of your job is yourself. I will back you up. And of course, I believe everything you tell me. Because I got to fight for you. But if you're telling me lies, and I'm going in there with lies, it's going to wind up bad for you. So I always tell everyone before we go into the office, tell me the truth. Because I can fight the truth. I can't fight a lie. There's no way. No one could fight a lie. Okay? Not even somebody bigger than me, Vinny Perone. As the president of the of the of the of the local. He can't fight a lie. I wish he if he could, he could do the whole job then. None of us could fight a lie. So the first thing we ask you is to tell the truth. The truth will set you free. All right? This is not a criminal act that you're gonna go to jail. But this is a your job on the line. Your $100,000 job is on the line for you lying. If you lie, I can't help. If you tell me the truth, I can help. If they hear the truth, it can help you with the truth. Because then if you don't and they got you on a lie, they're going to get you for dishonesty. If they don't got you on anything, 
They're going to get you for dishonesty. That's why I say to you guys, be honest of what you're saying out there. Because if they, this video all over the goddamn place. So if you're saying you were at this corner and they got a video that you were at that corner, you're lying during investigation. Some of these cases, they, and you got to understand, some of these cases, they don't have enough. But they only have you to lie. That's what they want. They want you to lie. Because once you lie, their case is good for them. Every time I go in the office, they don't have a good enough case. But then if you lie and they prove to the, that you lie, the case is done. They're going to they're gonna turn it around from flagging a, a flagging a route to dishonesty. And that's what the, the, the cardinal sin comes into play. When you lie during investigation. So when you, like I said, when you're going into the office with a shop steward, make sure you tell him everything before you go into the shop steward, into the meeting, and then make sure that you tell the truth. Okay. Another thing is weapons inside the facility. You're not allowed to bring any kind of weapons. I don't care if it's a pocket knife, a box cutter, or anything. I put out a message to to uh, the guys to... Don't bring any weapons into the facility. And right after that message, three guys got caught. And they all got terminated, except one. And the company, they have the right. Because you're they're telling you not to bring any weapons in there. I'm telling you not to bring any weapons. And then you still bring it in. They have the right to discharge you. Am I going to fight this? Of course I am. Of course I'm going to fight this. You know, even though I told you before, don't bring in any weapons into this uh, facility and you still do it, but they don't need to know. Okay, so the thing is that you cannot bring any weapons into the facility at all. A box cutter, even though my case is, is I'm not going to talk about it because I know management be listening so I'm not going to talk about what I got to fix my cases of the guys bringing in a knife or whatever the case may be. I have something, and I do I do my investigations to protect my members. But you put me on you put my back you know against the wall when you when you bring stuff in like that. Marijuana, you can't listen. It's legal. Marijuana is legal. If you smoke it outside. Not outside the building, but you smoke it at your house or whatever the case. As long as you don't come into work intoxicated with it, you don't look like you walking in a different space or, or bring it into the doors of the facility. Good. They could send you if they send you for fitnesses, it's legal. As long as it's not you're not incompetent to drive a truck. If you smoke on Friday and you come to work on Monday, it should be out of your system, not fully out of your system, but. You know, like you'll be normal to work. But if you're going to come in smoking an hour before and be all, it's not going to work. They're going to send you for a fitness test and they're going to say you're not fit for duty. Just because it's legal, it doesn't mean you have a, you have a right. You have DLT, DLT, and you have your driver's license. DLT, don't mess around with that. You can't be smoking weed and driving a truck. It ain't going to happen. So my suggestion is 
don't do it. And if you're going to do it, do it. You know, I can't say you can't because this is legal. But don't come in fucked up. Don't come in all high to to drive a truck because if they see you, they're going to look at you. They're going to bring another supervisor next to them, and then they're going to make a judgment. They're going to send you for a fitness for duty. So, and they have the right to do that. Take a piss test. And let me tell you something. Anyone that's get the fitness to duty, listen to me very carefully. You have the right for a blood test. Ask for a blood test because maybe you smoked a week ago. And a urine test is going to show the marijuana there. But a blood test is going to give you a better uh, percentage that you didn't smoke like an hour before because that's what they, the only way they grow up to you if they feel that you're walking in a different way and your eyes are blood red, they'll send you for a fitness test. So when they do that, make sure you have a shop steward present and you ask for a blood test. And they're going to be like, oh, I don't want to give you a blood test because a blood test costs a lot of money for the company. But you have the right under the contract to ask for a blood test. Okay, now they go by percentage, guys, percentage. So the more percentage that your urine comes out with marijuana is means that you smoked either an hour or two hours or three hours before your shift. That's a problem. The other percentage is if you smoked Thursday and you didn't smoke the whole weekend and you came to work Monday and the percentage show lower It'll show that you didn't just smoke marijuana like an hour, two hours before. They go by that percentage. So if you have a big percentage of 80% when they take a urine test, that means that you smoked within the hour or two. If you have a percentage of 15 or lower, 15 or lower percent, it means that you probably smoked last week sometime and it's getting out of your system. It's not bad under 15%. But to get to fuck all that, to not risk your job, don't smoke at all. Simple as that. You know, I can't tell you a grown man what to do, but I'm just telling you, this is your career. This is a driving career. Your driver's license is your career. Your DLT is your career. And those are the two responsibilities you have in UPS, which is your driver's license and your DLT, your DLT card. Those are the two responsibilities that you have. Is to have a clean license and have no tickets. And we're going to get into that also with the suspended license. I'm getting a lot of suspended license now from guys because now, you know, the DMVC or DMVD, whatever it's called. I forgot what it's called because they don't use it anymore. So you don't have to do it every year now. Now it's your responsibility. And that's become a big factor. Because on Article 35, which is the license and, and uh, intoxication, Article 35, you have up to two years to fix your license, to fix your DLT. You have two years in the contract. Before, back in old days, it was one year that you could fix. You have to fix your license. Now you, we have it up to two years. So with your license, and I'm, and I'm getting this a lot, listen. The first question they're going to ask you, I'm going to ask you is, why is your license suspended? You're going to tell me, oh, I got pulled over for speeding and I didn't go to court, blah, 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 blah. 
And then I said, okay, so why you didn't pay the ticket? If you knew you got pulled over, you got a ticket, why you didn't take care of it? Why is it the fact that you now you're saying I didn't receive anything in the mail? That is crazy. The arbitrator is going to look at you like you're retarded, number one, because you got pulled over. They gave you a ticket to your, to your person right there. They tell you to take care of it. You don't take care of it. They send you a letter, and now your license is suspended. And then you go to the judge and say, I didn't know my license was going to be. I didn't know about my ticket. How do you not know if you got pulled over by a police officer and you got a ticket? You knew that you got a ticket. You knew you had to take care of it. You knew that if you didn't, you're going to get suspended. That's what the arbitrator looks. We lose a lot of those cases. So do yourself a favor. $7 it costs to get on your phone and get an abstract every three months, six months, whatever you want to do. Get an abstract. Make sure your license is good because if you see the mistake in your abstract, at least you can go to them and tell them, listen, this ticket, I thought I paid it, but it's not. my license is going to be suspended on this day. I'm going to take care of it. As long as you tell them, the management people, you have two years to fix that. But if they get an email from the third parties, the third party that investigate your license every, they do random checks on everybody's license throughout UPS. So it could be you. that They pull you up and say, your license suspended. They go, they email the manager, they pull you off the road and they tell you, now you're terminated for um, not reporting your license was suspended. You drove their truck. For two or three days with a suspended license, it's deceiving the company and dishonesty. Then they fire you. And now I got to deal with that. And then I got to ask you all these questions of how you knew your license was going to, you know, you got a ticket. How you knew, you know, some things that you don't know. Like if you have child support. If you don't pay child support, guess what? They're going to suspend your license. You might not know that, but. I can take that story, but if you get pulled over by a cop, <laughs> you know about it. You know about the ticket. Take care of it. Get rid of it. That's your livelihood right there. Your license is your livelihood. So I say $7, ask track through your phone, three months, six months. It depends. If you're a, if you're a good driver after work and you obey all rules and you don't speed and you don't have a, a $100,000 car that goes uh, in 60 seconds and two seconds, then you're good. Then you're good. But if you know that you got a ticket while you was not working, it's not going to go away. It's going to come back and haunt you, and it's going to get your job taken away from you for something that you could take care of on the side. Okay? All you have to do is let them know beforehand. You got to let them know beforehand that your license is going to, you have a ticket and you're going to take care of it. They said that on this day, it's going to be suspended. I'm going to take care of it before. I'm going to bring you the extract to show you that everything is good. That's all you have to do. If the company tells you, it's a different story then. If the company comes to you and say your license is suspended 
And the first thing you're like, nah, it's not suspended. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's suspended. Nah, you're going to be like, nah, I can't be. And then you're going to be like, oh, shit, that fucking ticket I didn't pay came back and got me. They have the right to discharge you for deceiving the company and dishonesty. If they tell you. So do yourself a favor. Check your license. Make sure you're good. Make sure that if you get pulled over or a parking ticket, anything that you haven't taken care of, you should take care of. There's an app on, on, the, on the phone. I'm going to get you it. I'm going to tell everyone about it that you can check. Like when you run the red lights and you don't know that you ran the red lights, it tells you exactly. It tells you uh, what, what uh, when you ran the, the, the speeding camera or red light, it, it tells you right on your app. So all you have to do is, is, is search your license plate and it tells you no tickets. And then it'll tell you, yes, you have tickets. Take care of it here because I pay it here. If I go through one of those uh, speed cams or red light cams, it comes right to my phone. That picture, the digital comes right into my phone. It's called NYC, NYC Department of Finances. You see where it says pay or dispute a ticket? Put that on your phone. Put your license plate on your phone, on this phone, and it will tell you when you went through that uh, speed camera or the red light camera. And then it gives you an option to either pay it or dispute it. Me, the camera shows that it's my license plate and I ran through it. I pay it. You know why? Because you won't get points on your license if you pay it. But if you don't pay it and the city sends you a letter and you still haven't paid it, they're going to suspend your license. Take care of you. If you did it, you did it. It's 50 bucks, whatever, $85, whatever. They get parking tickets. You get all that in here. You would know what's up to date. They give you the technology. They give you the technology to... For you won't mess yourself up. Hold on a second. People are coming in now. Late as hell. Anyway. So that app is called the NYC Department of Finances. Put your license plate on it. You can scan a ticket to see if it was paid. You can put your license plate and search. It searches, like for me, it says me, look, it says no tickets. So that's one, one, one thing that you want to put on your app, on your phone, just to have and to, to, to make sure that you don't get a license suspended. Now, who's, who's that? That's you. Uh... Okay. So I had to mute you guys. So now the contract violations here in Local 804 is tremendous. And it's a lot of deal makers here in Local 804. I don't understand. I have guys that, that you know, call me. And, and as soon as they call me, I start calling management and start telling management off and this and that. Just for me to do that and get my blood pressure up. 
when you're telling me, oh, they're doing, they're taking away my rights, they're doing this and that. And I don't like that. I don't like when management take away your rights as seniority and all that. And I'll fight fully for that. But, and then when I do all that, I hear that the member makes a deal at the end with management. It makes no sense. Deal makers, you guys are deal makers. Don't call me if you want me to fix something and then you're going to make a deal with the management. It doesn't make any sense. You got me going crazy to fight for you because they violated you. And then all of a sudden I get a call. Oh, no, he went home. He's okay now. That's bullshit. What is wrong with you? What's wrong with all of you? So anyway, there's a lot of things going on in Local 804 with the violation of the contract, grievances, 9-5 grievances. Uh, you know, these operators, and I call them operators, that means your center manager, your uh, on-car, soup, whatever. Those are the operators. And then you have the division manager. Division manager is over all of them, and he makes rules under the operators. But the operators, they do everything. And if you don't let them know what they're doing, they're going to continue doing it. And that's exactly what's happening here in Local 804, that these operators are doing whatever they want to do with the members. And then the members are not putting in grievances. And then they continue to do it to the person that files grievances and it's violating him because the other members are allowing this shit to happen. This is a union. I don't know if you guys understand what a union is. You know, you pay union dues, but that don't make you a union member. What makes you a union member when you cooperate with your union, with your brothers and sisters out there, that makes you a union because you pay union dues don't make you a union brother and sister. What makes you a union brother and sister is when you do exactly what the contract says and you go by the contract and hold the company liable for the contract violations. If you don't do contract violations, if you don't put in grievances for the violations of the contract, then you, what are you doing? And then the, the crazy shit is when you do want to put in a violation, it's a little bit too late because only you want to do it because now it's not going your way. You guys got to understand this is UPS, not Burger King. You can't have it your way. The way it is is a union way. It's a union shop. People fought hard for to have this contract, to have these languages in this contract to protect you from this company. You know, a lot of people say, you know, oh, fuck the union, fuck the union, and fuck the union. Everybody says that all the fucking time. You know why? Because they doing their deal makings. But I seen people in offices that said, fuck the union. And when they got into fucking their, their backs against the wall, they were little, <laughs> little crybabies. <laughs> they cry, cry, cry because now their jobs is on the line. I seen it happen. They can't be happy. You can't be a union for one day. And not be union for the next 364 days. It's 365 days in a year. You can't be union for one day. You got to be union for 365 years. For 65 days. Straight up. You know. When they violate you. You're going to be right. Oh the union. The union. What is the union going to do? What the union going to do? What are you going to do? 
If you don't go to general membership meetings, you don't go to any parking lot meetings, you don't do any of that stuff, and you say, oh, I pay union dues, you work for me. Motherfucker, let me tell you something. And I'm tired of hearing that shit. Oh, I pay union dues, you work for me. I do. But if you don't fucking obey your fucking your own union rules, you think I'm going to fucking be like, hey, come on, like a management and pat you on the back? You got to be a union member. Because you pay union dues, it doesn't make you a union member. What makes you a union member when you are activated, when you go and, and go to union general membership meetings. Listen, in Local 804, it's only four general membership meetings a year. Four. If you make one, I'm happy. One. Just one. I'm happy. If I see you in one general membership meeting, I'm fucking happy for the whole year. You made me happy for the whole year. But if you don't come to zero general membership meetings, I'm not happy. Because the only time you're going to come to me to talk to me is when you're in deep trouble that you can't get out of. When you dig that seven foot, uh, that seven feet hole and you can't get out of, then you come to me. Crying, saying how much I need your job. I need the job. I got to pay my mortgage. I can't be without my job. But you're never at a parking lot meeting to hear the information that we give to make you successful in, your, in, in this company. Because this company is a piece of shit company. It's a hard job. It's a very hard job. I'm not saying it's easy. This job is fucking hard, but you get you, you get good money for it, and you not you don't need to lose this. A lot of people don't make a hundred thousand dollars. I'm gonna tell you right now. I got a I got a son that graduated college four years. A UPS driver makes more than him, and he has an education. So you guys want to ruin and. Get rid of this job, you're doing, you're doing the right thing. Like doing favors for management because you think they're your friends. I had an incident that, you know, a driver thought he would, they, were, they were best buddies with management. Turn around, the best buddy management that he went to have a beer with and hung out with terminated him. Made him look a, a new way. Holy shit. He, I didn't know he was going to terminate. He was my friend. I said, oh, yeah, they're not your friend. Push come to chub. Let me tell you something about management and you. You can have a great relationship with management. Great. You talk about football. You talk about baseball, basketball. Great relationship. You think you, you met your best friend in this company. But the management has a difference when it comes down to his job versus your job. If you do something wrong, you think you're going to get away with it because of the fact <laughs> your management guy is your friend. <laughs> you're going to see the difference. And I keep telling you guys, stop hanging out with management. Stop going to bars. Stop meeting them for beers. Stop going to their uh, baby's christening. Stop going to their one-year-old birthday party. Stop going to a pool party at their house. Stop doing that because that same guy that you think that you are friends with is the same guy that's going to fire you. 
It's the same guy that's going to fire you. It happened. It happened several times on my watch as a business agent. Guys went into the office. They are losing their job. And they said, no, no, he's cool with me. He's cool with me. I said, let me tell you something. He's, he's cool with you before this. But now that he's got his job on the line versus your job on the line, guess whose job they're going to pick? They're going to pick your job before he picks his job. And then you're going to say, oh, I'm, I can't stand him no more. I'm not his friend no more. Stop it before it begins. Stop getting into a relationship with a supervisor, a manager. Stop it. The only relationship you should have is what you should be doing as the methods and procedures. And if he directs you to do something, as long as he's not telling you to jump off the fucking bridge or off a roof, you follow his directions. Stop with the fucking, I don't want, you know, I know some people like, oh, I'm friendly, I'm friendly. And yeah, yeah, they're all friendly. All management people are friendly until the time they have to fire you. They're not friendly with you no more. You're, you're, they're going to write up a Rick report how a bad person you are, a bad driver you are, how over loud, how, how many times you called out sick, how many times, you know, you was in the office for stupid little disciplines. They're going to come out with all that. And that's what this company does. That's why I tell you guys, you cannot be friends with management. Even if a guy that goes from on-car, uh, from a driver and becomes an on-car super and you were friends with him when he was in the union, that motherfucker still is going to backfire on. He's going to backstab you right away because he's got a point to prove now. So the shit that you used to do back then with him, the bad stuff, He's going to use it to his advantage when he's in management because what he's going to do is say, shit, man, I remember he used to do this. So maybe I now I'll send I'll give it to this other shop as this other manager for he could look into him. And then, you know, it makes me look good that, I, you know, I got him. That's what they do. That's what they do. So your only friend is yourself in this company. I, You know, I hate to be. Like that, but I've been like that for years here because I was always picked on by management as I started this company. And the reason I wasn't going to go into union because I was anti union back then. I was really anti union because I, I didn't I didn't want to pay my union dues and and have somebody live you know like represent me. I could represent myself, but I needed it. Because when I got into this company, all I was doing, it was 30 days in a month. I was in the office 32 times for little minor shit. And then I started saying, wait a minute, something is wrong here. I'm fucking, I just, I want to make this career and these guys are harassing me. So I started going into the union book and started reading my, what my rights were, what I'm allowed to do, what I'm allowed to say. And with that, and I saw everybody's everybody was in, in the center of Pelham in the Bronx was all depressed. They were all coming in to depress. Like they didn't even want to come to work because of the harassment, the this and that. They had we had a bad shop steward named Dwight Phillips. Bad, bad shop steward. He didn't care about the members. And when I started reading the book and, and I was going into office and I was winning my own case by myself with a shop steward there that didn't say one word. He just looked there and looked like he was puzzled 
because the things that I was coming out from the contract, the articles and what I'm allowed to do, he was he was shocked because he didn't read the contract. The shops do it. I read it because I had to to survive in this company. I had to read what I what my rights were. And that's why I tell you guys, read the contract book. That's your Bible. And that's how I fought my way through where I'm at right now. Because I read the Bible, our Bible, our contract Bible, and the management got tired of bringing it into your office because I was showing them what article they were violating me. And they got, they got tired of it. They got tired of it. I asked the white to put me as an alternate so I can help the other guys out. He chose not to. And that's when I made a decision in my career that I'm going to run against him. And right off the back, po politics came into play when I said that. When I said I was going to run for Shop Stewart, politics came into effect because you had the executive board come up to me. The business agent at the time, which was Dave Oranger, came up to me. He says, don't run against him, please. I need him to stay in his position. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Why I'm allowed to run against him. Anyone is allowed to run against a shop store every year. It's in the contract. He was a shop store for 14 years because nobody knew <laughs> that they could run against him. Because nobody was reading the contract book. And when I read it, it says every year they should have an election for a shop store. And I gave the opportunity to the uh, shop store, Dwight. To put me as an alternate. I didn't want to take his position. I just wanted to be an alternate to help him out and help out the guys that are desperate, are depressed coming into work. And when he said no to me, I said, okay, then I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to take that position from you. He says, you ain't going to take nothing because no one knows who you are. That's what he said. He tried to make me feel like I going to do this for no reason whatsoever. And then he had the executive board come to me, which never talked to me, come to me and say, we don't want you to run. Like, it was like a, like, like a bullish type of shit. Like, keep him there, don't run against him, and let everybody be miserable for the rest of their lives in, in this company. And I went against them, and I told the BA, you're not going to tell me what to do, how to do it, and what I'm going to do it. I'm putting my letter in. And I'm running against him. And I'm telling you guys, I'm going to win against him. They said, you don't have a chance. I said, you want to bet? Let's see it. The election came in 69 to 3. I won. I turned that center around because reading the contract. Guys, that book, meaning we, when, we, when I hand it to you or your shop store hand it to you, it's not because... We want you to use it as a cup holder at your house. Jamie Holligan reads it while he's taking a shit. <laughs> I say it. That's right. He's taking it to his toilet and he sits there and he reads the contract because he wants to learn the articles that they're violating you. I, I don't know everything. I don't. When guys come up to me, they say, oh, you're the BA. You must know. I don't know a lot of things in that in that book. But let me tell you something. We have business agents, trustees, and presidents in Local 804. 
It's 14 of us, 15 of us to be exact. One of us knows about this article. I know about this article. So we all come, we all get together. So when a, a member comes up to me and says, I feel I'm being violated because of this reason. I go, if I can't, if I don't recall the article or anything, I make a phone call. I make a phone call to Rocky because Rocky knows that that article from his back of his hands. And I tell him, this is what's happening. What article are they violating? He'll call me back and give me the article and everything. Then I can go to the member and say, listen, this is what they violating you. This is the, uh, the grievance that you need to be put it in because I don't know everything. I do know how to fight. I do know how to fight the company and they know that. And they know they have to have everything ready for me at a hearing, all the details, all the evidence, all the video. They got to have all that for me because I won't accept anything of what they say. Before, back in the days, that's how it went down. It went down, whatever they said, you did. It don't work that way. So what I'm saying is, listen, there's a lot of cameras out there. They have security with $300 of cash in their pocket. So if they want a video from you that they looking for you and you're saying you're doing this when the video saying you're doing that, they're going to get that video. And especially, listen, if I'm in the bodega and I'm the owner of the bodega and I they and security comes up to me and said, I'll give you $300 to see that video. You think they're going to say no to $300 just to show him a video? No, they're going to get video on you. So make sure that when you're working out there that you're doing the right thing, all methods and procedures. Make sure that you report every accident or incident. Guys, I'm serious. You need to report every accident. I don't give a fuck if it's a little fender bender, a little thing off your truck that you hit the little uh, side pole from a fence. Everything, you stop where you're at right there and you report that accident or incident simple as that that's the way it whirls if you leave that if you leave that accident and you don't report it you're leaving the scene of accident they can fire you for that for dishonesty and deceiving the company anything you hit a garbage can you hit a flower a flower pot whatever don't belong to you or the company you must report it if you twist your ankle at that time, it's not going to hurt right there. It might hurt three days from now, but you need to report that accident or incident. You need to report it right then. Don't wait 10 days later and then call, you know, the supervisor. Oh, I, I think I twisted my ankle about 10 days ago. Because now they're going to do a whole investigation and your words is going to be, I don't know exactly where it happened. And then it becomes a big fucking problem. Even though you have 30 days to report it. Okay. For an uh, uh, injury. But the best bet to do is to report it at the time it happened. Right there. Let them report it. Put it into record. Because if it does hurt oh, two weeks or three weeks from now, at least you report it on that time. They have it. And you're good. You'll have a comp number. You have everything, everything works in your favor. You wait a month later to report it, and then you don't have the exact word, uh, that exact uh, details of when it happened, and they go back and find video that didn't happen when you said it did happen. 
Now you're fraud, you're fraud, you're doing fraud for the insurance company. Now they can fire you for deceiving the company and dishonesty. So, like I said, if you hit a garbage can, a flower pot, a fucking gate, you back into a loading dock and you hit it, it's called an accident. It's called an accident. Call it in right away. Let a supervisor know. Let your shop steward know about that little accident that you think is nothing. Like hitting a car that looks like it's abandoned there. That's, it's not your property. It's not their property. It's somebody's property. And somebody's going to report it. And somebody's going to have a video saying that you left the scene of an accident. Then you're going to get fired. It's not worth it. It's not worth stealing a cell phone. It's not worth bringing a knife to work. And it's not worth not reporting an accident. Report everything. If you get a fucking slice by your fucking, by the info notice, report it. Because if you get infected there, they have it on report. Report everything. Now, it's 3 o'clock, and the reason I did the show early today, because I got things to do, and I haven't been on the air for a while. But this show is straight up live, and it's straight up I tell you how it really goes down for you could be looking out for yourself in case you get into any situation that I put you that I put you in. These are the situations that I deal with daily as a business agent. I dealt with it when I was a shop steward and I have full confidence of how I my experience and letting you guys know what to look out for and what not to do and what you're allowed to do. Follow your methods and procedures. Follow your directives. Deal with, don't get into arguing with your supervisor. If he tells you to do something, you don't want to do it. Don't even get into an argument with them because then they're going to get you for insubordinate. They looking because now they pissed off that you're not giving them what they, what they want you to do. You got to follow directives. As long as you're on the clock, you got to follow directives. Now, the only time you can say no is when they tell you jump off that bridge or jump off the roof. Anything that is dangerous is dangerous because they cannot force you to do and you have the right to say no to. Anything else is containing the, containing the, the job, like deliver a off route or go pick up that, that's all the job. So if they, you got to follow directives. All right. So I'm going to be signing off. Hey, Jamie, you have anything to say? Yes, I do. I actually had a question for you based off of what you were just saying. What? You said, um, follow directives. Mm-hmm. Um, we're having, I, I, I'm noticing a lot of issues with management calling members' phones and members and screaming at them, cussing at them, whatever, and giving them directives on their phone. Is that a, a incidence where or something that no. you have to follow? Or your phone? No. Can't you hang up on them? You can hang up on them because they're not supposed to be using your phone. You're not supposed to be using your phone for their business. And now, if they want to supply you with a phone and then they call you on that phone, that's a different fucking story. But if it's your phone, you shouldn't be picking up your phone. I tell everybody that all the time. Stop right. having management pick up, uh, call you on the phone. It's a benefit to them. The difference is between the dieboard and a cell phone. I'm going to tell you the difference. I'm going to go a little bit extra. So a cell phone, they can get a, 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 a response from you within seconds. A diet boy, it takes them 15 to 20 minutes to get a response, meaning that they send you a message, 
You get it within 10 minutes or whatever the case may be. And then you got to respond to them for that uh, in the diet board. And it's, the whole process could take anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes for them to get one simple thing to tell you to go pick up that store. On the phone, it's quick for them and it's their off-the-record conversation with you. That's an off-the-record conversation. So that means if the supervisor call you and say, and you don't want to do what he says on the phone, like, hey, you know, I want you to do this. I'm instructing you, fuck you, fuck this. You have no record, but the only thing you have is an incoming call from that supervisor to you. That's the only record you have. The conversation is going to go left field when it comes down to that you didn't want to listen to because he told you to go fuck yourself. So it's going to be your word against his word and then the truth. So that's why I advise everyone, don't use your personal phone to deal with any supervisor. I dealt with that when I was a driver. I never allow anyone to call me. Beside, the only one that was allowed to call me was my shop steward. Okay. And when I became a shop steward, the only one that was allowed to call me, not an on-car soup, only a center manager was allowed to call me. And the center manager was only allowed to call me to do union business nothing to do with me if he was to call me and say i'm directing you i'll hang up the fucking phone on him and i told him that and that's the way it should be you should they shouldn't be telling you what to do on your phone that's your phone i wouldn't even pick it up as you as a regular driver i would just shut all management people off your phone block them but i know you got some guys that deal makers and ass kissers and thinking that management is your friend, you should have my phone number. No, it's called the die boy. The die boy has record of everything, everything, right. the message they sent you, the message you sent them. That's your record. That's your proof. Because if they send you to do something and then they say, Oh, you're not supposed to do that. Well, here's my proof. I was sent by this, by my die board. Here it is. I can't, you can't find me. But if you have a conversation over the phone and then you forget to do what the supervisor asked you on the phone and you don't do it. They bring you. Oh, I told you on the phone. Uh, that's the problem. <laughs> you, you, you act like holy shit. They can hold you. They, 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 right. The first thing the manager is going to do is says, I, I don't recall him talking to him like that. I don't re- tell him, remember telling him. I remember telling him to go do that. And he didn't do right. it. And he didn't follow directives. And then you're going to be, you don't have no proof that he didn't or he did. It's going to be your word against his. And the only thing you're going to have is the proof of him calling you on the cell phone. So you're, right. th- did I answer your question then? Yes. Oh, you totally did. You uh, totally, totally did. So for, guys, I, it's, it's easy. This, this job is a hard job. I'm not saying it's an easy job, but it's a good paying job. It's a good paying job. Um, listen. I've been with this company and uh, I put three kids through college with this company and it's, it's a hard job, but it's a good paying job. And you, your, your responsibility is to keep this job. If you made this your career, it's a good career. It's a good paying career. I mean, the money is good. Keep it. Don't let anyone take your job from you. The only one that can take your job from you is yourself. If you give them the bullet to shoot, they're going to shoot. This management company walks around with empty with empty with an empty gun. You give them, and I say when I when I say you give them bullets, when you give them stuff to get you in the office and fire you for, like stealing a cell phone, bringing a knife to work, you know, flagging your 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 route, padding your route, doing stuff that you're not 
taught to do. If you go against your your methods and procedures, you're going to lose because they are. Can I say one more thing? What's up? It's the last one. Um, I was just I was told the other day, Friday actually. Management is going to start going after people. They're investigating every time you see the package. There's no such number, no such street, things of that sort. They're investigating to see if those are actual addresses and stuff like that to see and to see where you were at when you sheeted it up. No such number and no such street. So they're catching a lot of people. Well, they, well they're catching them because the new labels, the new labels that they have now right. are tracking labels. Those right. little square boxes, if you right. if you pull one out, you're going to see little electronics on it. They now track you where your where that package is at at all time. So if you say you were at that place and you no such number, they're gonna definitely check if you went there with the with the tracker, and they're gonna make sure that that address was accurate. You know, accurate, and you never you know you went to the wrong place or you just didn't go there and flag the place. So that's why I'm saying you you cannot flag. 10, three blocks away or two blocks away because you just don't want to waste your time to go there because you think the person's not there. I had a person saying that they the reason they flagged because uh, the driver before him told him they're not here at this certain time. No, your job is different from his job. You can't let a, another member tell you don't go there because they're not there at a certain You got to go there yourself. You got to make no. the attempt to try to deliver that package, no matter what. You have to show up in front of the place. You have to, they, they got to see your truck in front of the place. They got to see that you attempted to deliver that package. If you do not attempt to deliver that package, it's called flagging, and you will be fired for that. That's called dishonesting and deceiving the company, and they will fire you, and they have the tracking device for that. Now, I don't take any discipline on telematics, but if they can prove they can prove that you are flagging with the telematics, then you're caught. You're done. If they can't prove it, then there's no such thing. So my advice is to make sure you sheet every package, every package, even if it's an off route. Everyone thinks that this is the, the problem that we have in that once you sheet the package and put it as an off route, it's not stopped completed yet. You're only telling the company that you have an off route. The second scam is going to be your stop complete, meaning either A, you went to deliver it, B, is a miss, but you have to sheet it the second time. Because the first time, even though you scanned it and told them it was off route, it doesn't mean that it's scanned. So now you scan this package the first time and say that it's off route, and then you don't deliver or just scan it again, and then when you bring it back in, it's called a no scan. That means you're trying to deceive the company. You have to scan it twice when it's an off route. The first time is to advise them that it's an off route. The second time is to either deliver or get instruction to have it miss or, or sheet it another way. But make sure you get that instruction for the second time when you have a package that don't belong to you. All right, guys? With that yep, said... Thank you. With that said, I got to go now. It's 3 o'clock. Enjoy your Sunday. I'll see you next Sunday here. Jamie, are you going to be here next Sunday? We're going to talk more because I got a lot more to talk about this contract and how they're violating the contract. Uh, 
same time, two o'clock. Next, next, next week will be. Oh wait, in two weeks from now. I'm sorry. I'll I'll put it out there, but it'll be at six o'clock in the in the evening. Today I had to do it early, but anyway, I want to okay. thank I want to thank right. everybody for listening to the What the Heck Show here on Union Power Radio. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Spotify. I'm on everything that you could possibly get. The let me put it up here, wherever it is, for everyone to understand. Uh, See, I'm not, I'm not prepared. That sucks. So here we go. Okay. So anyway, we, I'm on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes. I'm on Google Play. I'm on everything. So you have no excuse not to look at the, at the shows, the past shows, and listen to. You know, a lot of stuff that I say, a lot of education stuff, a lot of contract stuff, a lot of shit that's going on in in, um, in the local. Uh, TDU convention is coming on November 3rd to the 5th. If anybody is going over there, it's good education classes. I got to go because I got to go, but I've been through all those classes. I know those classes left and right, and that's where I'm at. They're good classes for beginners of new shop stewards and and want to know the contract. So that's in Chicago from the 3rd to the 5th. Uh, also, what I would say, Black Friday. Remember, guys, is a union holiday. That's the day, the week before, that's the day they, they, they put you on the shoulder and pat you on the back and make you burp. Because they want you to come in on that Black Friday. I, you know, I never worked on a Black Friday because of the fact that I spend it with my family. Those are the four days that I have for spending with my family. So that is what it is. Anyway, I want to thank everyone for listening to the What The Heck Show here on Union Power Radio. Two weeks from now, I'll be back on the air having more discussions about the contract and what you should and should not do when they instruct you to do something. All right. Peace out, guys. I'll see you soon.